Hey, Pawn family, it's Egal, and welcome back to another episode of the Pawn Leaders Podcast. This week, I have my friend Marcela Dominguez, who is a trademark attorney, going to talk to us about the importance of trademarking your pawn shop's name, and maybe even some of your slogans and your branding that you use, and what happens if you don't. Before we get into that, a huge shout out to the sponsor of the show, Podium, who is working some magic when it comes to Google reviews. I'm seeing more and more pawnbrokers jumping on uh, using their service and really crushing it with Google reviews. I don't ever think that the pawn industry has had this many reviews since Podium came on board and supports the industry. They're at almost every single convention. They support the pawn industry and they really help us pawnbrokers to gain access to those reviews when it comes to our clients. So go to podium.com slash pawnleaders to get your discount to use Podium. Now, back to this episode. I believe it's so important to trademark names. Uh, pawn Leaders is being trademarked. I have three or four other trademarks that I've used, and Marcela is awesome at it. So check out my episode with Marcela Dominguez for your trademark. Hey everyone, my name is Igal Adado and this is the Palm Leaders Podcast. A podcast to help you make more money, stress less, and live an epic life, all while working at the pawn shop. Marcella, welcome to the show. Thank you, Igal. Thanks for having me. No, first of all, I was on your show last week. That was a pleasure. So it's cool to have you on my show now. <laughs> so cool. So kind of give us a background. Um, you're an attorney and today we're talking about um, trademark and copyrights. How did you get to into that niche of just really focusing on trademarks and copyrights? Uh, you know, when I graduated from law school, um, this part is just kind of interesting to me anyway, is that I didn't, I felt like I didn't really fit in with everybody else in certain aspects because everybody was doing like the mock trial and like the moot court, which is basically where you simulate a real life, um, a court experience. And I just, I, it wasn't my thing, you know? And although I love defending positions when I feel like they deserve to be defended, um, I felt a little bit out of my element because what I've always done for myself, even when I was younger is I've always thought creatively. I've always tried to be a little bit entrepreneurial. I've always loved hanging out with artists or people who are a little bit bohemian. And so this was just a little bit too, you know, traditional for me. So I think the closest that law could bring me to being creative was working with other creatives. And I wanted to do entertainment law. And in my hometown, entertainment law, you know, is a little bit limited. And so the closest I could get to that was trademarks and copyrights. And as you know, when you work with people who are needing trademark assistance, it's business owners, it's artists, it's people who are in the creative space. So I think that I took a good, uh, a good turn for the best when, you know, when I went down that path unknowingly. Awesome. So this is a, a show for pawn shops and there's tons of pawn shops that have the same names out there, right? It's kind of why I brought you on. There's 18,000 easy pawns and uh, best cash and best pawn and all these types of things. Let's really talk about the importance of trademarking your name and what it does for your business and why it's so important to reach out to somebody like yourself to make that happen. So on the most basic level, having a registered trademark 
not a trademark, a registered trademark allows you to use the name in your space. So your space is where it starts to get complicated when we start to define it because your space means uh, in your, in this case, it would be a pawn shop. So if there's somebody who would try to register your business name in an area that is confusingly similar to a pawn shop, then that would still be considered your space because the trademark office wants to keep people out of your space once your name is attached to that space. Got it. So that way you can use it in the space. And obviously once it's a registered trademark, if somebody else tries to use the name, they can't use it. Right. And so what will happen is that if they submit an application for the same name that you have, Pawn Leaders or something of the sort, then, um, and it doesn't even have to be Pawn Leaders exactly, but if it's like a Pawn Leader or leading uh, the Pawn Industry or something like that. Or like Leaders of Pawn. Leaders of Pawn or something like that then what would happen is they would receive what we call an office action from the trademark examiner. And that it would say your mark is confusingly similar to Yigal's pawn leaders registered trademark. So we're going to put a stop on your application until you're either able to tell us how you are different from Yigal's pawn leaders trademark, um, or you have some other good basis for registration. And and I've seen this in other places before too, but when a business gets going, they often forget or they say, oh, I'll do that later on. Mm -hmm. right? Like I'll do the trademark later on. But this is what happens to me. Like I think of a name, I go online, I go on GoDaddy, I try to find the URL. I'm super excited that like I've, I've, I'm a genius and I come up with the name. And so if I do the work and then I go out there and I don't trademark and somebody else takes it, I'm devastated. Yes. Like I would and, be devastated, you know? Yeah. So and so what? when we were, yeah, when we were having this conversation, you know, that is the way I totally thought about it at the beginning when I started doing this, like, man, how come people aren't working harder to secure the name? You know, they put all these, they put all this effort into coming up with the name or into branding. It's been a year now. When are you going to register it? And, um, and, you know, I was explaining to you that over the course of time, you, like lawyers and doctors, unfortunately, we kind of become immune to that initial emotion. And I feel like I, you're so right. Like that is the emotion that, that so easily we forget about being on the flip side, but that is so raw for entrepreneurs who are starting businesses. You know, if you have invested so much time, energy, effort, sweat equity, financial equity, why aren't you working to protect it? You know, it's kind of like having a baby, you know, like when mothers initially have a baby, they, some moms, they don't want other strangers coming up to them, kissing them on the face, you know, like God forbid you give me a disease. And so I wonder how come people don't treat their business in the same way? You've like, you've carried this baby for so long. When are you going to protect it? Like you're just leaving it open now. For anybody to just, you're giving people ideas, in other words. You're giving people ideas about how amazing your name and your brand now is after a year. And you're saying, oh, just just come and take it. I mean, it's not a big deal. Yeah, because, I don't want it that bad anyways. Yeah, I didn't want it that bad anyway. You know, and that's what that circle R does. For people, you know, I think people understand 
uh, little about trademarks, unfortunately, but I think what they do understand is that when they see the circle R, they know it's off limits because really you're quick, not gonna go. Really quick, what's the difference between TM and then the circle R? So the TM is a placeholder. The TM allows you to put people on what we call constructive notice, layman's terms, just you're putting people on notice that you're claiming a, a right in this name. Um, it's not registered yet, but it's a placeholder. Like, hey, I'm using this name and I might or I might not register it. And the circle R is it's registered. It's for real. It's for real, the Got real, it. real. <laughs> cool. So uh, just a quick story. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but before our pawn shop was called Cash Go Pawn, it was called Easy Cash Community Pawn Center. Don't ask me why it was that long. That's yeah. just what we called it. And then we never thought that one of the big boys, uh, the national chains were going to come. And all of a sudden we had an easy cash open up five miles down the street and confusion started happening, right? Just people were confused. Our ads, you know, they would go over there, their ads would come to us. And so we said like, forget this. And we like two or three years into it, we did a whole name change. Now this was our fault. If we would have gone to the trademark and said, hey, we want to trademark Easy Cash Community Pond Center, they would have come back to say, like, I'm really sorry, there's an Easy Cash already. You mm -hmm. know, that's already trademarked. Go think about another name. And so it cost us money. We had to rebrand, change the signs, change the, uh, our pawn tickets. Our, I mean, it was just such a hassle. And I think that in the beginning, if we would have just found a name, trademarked it, and someone would say, like, stop, go look for another name, it would have really saved us so much time, effort, emotion. And uh, so, yeah, I think that you should do it. I really do. It's, it's the headache and the emotion uh, uh, and the angst of, of having to potentially put yourself through that, that you're saving yourself from with a registered trademark. Like you're kind of tying up loose ends from the get-go. Um, and yeah, making sure that nobody's going to either come and take your name and also to make sure that you're not trademark infringing. Because in your case, if they came before you, then you could have really been on the hook for a lot of money if they wanted to sue you. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's twofold. You're protecting your name and you're also making sure that you're not going to be on the hook for trademark infringement. Yeah, love that. So let's quickly talk about, there's a lot of like done for you services online, um, where you can go on and, and it's it's a cheap and they they do the trademark for you. But I believe that going to an attorney who knows what they're doing is the best route, even if you spend a little bit more money. Kind of walk us through why that's the case and some cases where you've had to fix people's applications. Yes. So a lot of what I do is correcting people's mistakes on trademark applications via office actions. Um, and so these are people that just thought, you know what, um, I've, I did the, I took some random person's advice in a Facebook group because they said they had done it themselves without any issues. And so I thought I could do the same. So then they said, I don't understand what this letter means. Um, and so just to give you a taste of what the issues could be in an office action, they could range from a disclaimer issue to the identification of services needing clarity to the most difficult, which are likelihood of confusion and descriptive refusals. And those last two that I mentioned are tedious. I mean, even for lawyers, they're just annoying issues because they require arguments supported by case law uh, that will move your name to registration. In other words, if you don't under have an understanding of case law, 
If you don't understand how trademark law works, then you're not going to be able to draft an argument in order to get a registration. So you're going to be stuck. So what some attorneys will do is, you know, we basic, sure, we might be a little bit more expensive up front, but it's an investment. It's not, uh, it's not just an expense. When you make an investment, you're expecting to get something in return, which in this case is a registered trademark. It's also advice along the way, somebody to kind of hold your hand. And when you do get an office action, respond to any single one of those issues that could present themselves. So it's, I kind of analogize this whole thing to being dropped off um, sort of like in the wilderness. Like, do you feel uh, strong enough and uh, confident enough that you'd be able to navigate in the wilderness? Well, maybe, I mean, if you're- If you're Bear grills. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, if you're that kind of person. But the reality is, is if I dropped you off with a guide, with a map, with extra water, with extra food, I mean, I think you'd feel a little bit safer through the journey. Yeah, totally. And, and so that's kind of, you know, that's kind of what it's like is, do you want support? Do you want somebody to, or do you want somebody to blindfold you and throw you in? Now I have a question. I have a friend who, um, who had a podcast and social media, didn't mm -hmm. trademark his name and somebody had the name. So he had to rebrand the whole social media aspect as well. Mm -hmm. Now, this is crazy what I'm going to ask you, and, and, and you'll tell me if it's right or wrong, but if you don't trademark your name, couldn't essentially somebody go out there and open up a name on social media using your name and just say whatever they wanted to say? And if you have the trademark, you can kind of have action against that? Is that, is that how it works? So that is kind of like one of the benefits um, to having a registered trademark. And it's not written anywhere. It's not a law. It's not a rule. It's not something that the USPTO tells you. But again, when you have a lawyer, these are things that are explained to you. So it's a benefit in the sense that it provides leverage. So if you have a registered trademark, you have an armor, so to speak, and you're able to tell other people who don't have that registered trademark, you know what, you're using my name and you better cut it out. Okay, you better cut it out. Whereas if you don't have a name, like the example you just gave, it's a little bit harder to leverage the other person because, I mean, they're going to say, well, you don't even have a registered trademark, yeah, you know, I'm so sorry, it's so sorry, you know, and it, so it doesn't mean that they should be allowed to use it because that's not necessarily the case, but we start getting into more complicated trademark rules and laws that basically say you're allowed to use your name, Yigal, even though you don't have a registered trademark, but only in the geographical area where you've been using it. So if Joe Schmo in New York started using palm leaders and you were only using it in San Diego, well, then guess what? You're both going to be able to use it, but he can't enter San Diego and you cannot enter New York. And when you're trying to create a national brand, or if you have a national presence where you want this podcast to reach a national audience, you're not going to want to be, you're not going to say, okay, well, I won't use my mark in New York. I'll just use it everywhere but New York. I mean, it doesn't work like that. You create a brand and you, you create it 100%. You go all the way. And, and as an entrepreneur, you want it to grow and you're not thinking, well, let me just carve out New York or Texas because somebody else is using it there. You want to eat the world. You want the whole thing. Right, mm -hmm. exactly. And I mean, there are some business owners that just say, you know what? I just have a brick and mortar store. You know, in San Diego, I'm not interested in, you know, franchising or going anywhere outside of California. So 
whatever. But you know, there are state trademarks in that case. Yeah. I think like when I think about that, I might have, you know, San Diego pawn shop, but if somebody came in and got San Diego best pawn shop, I want to be protected. Like there's confusion there. So if you're a pawn shop sitting here listening, thinking like, oh, you know, it doesn't really matter. First of all, I know that the investment isn't crazy, right? Marcella, it's not like it's a, it's a, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on, but it's an investment in your business that if you're up and running, you should make ASAP. Pawn leaders, by the way, is in the process of getting trademarked. So um, I, we actually had uh, somebody, it was, it was pretty funny. Somebody uh, wanted to create uh, the Pawn Leader Summit they, they got the name. They used it from, I don't know if they listened to the podcast or not. They sent me an apology afterward. The whole community like was like, no, that's Egal's name. I'm, I was in the process of, of trademarking. So I just said, hey, man, it's in the process. Like, let's not fight. Use something else. And they were like, yeah, cool. You know, it just it made everything that much better. Slogans. I see a lot of like pawn slogans, which is something that you can trademark or copyright. Trademark, yes. You can trademark that. Like, you know, we lend you the most or uh, why shop, pawn shop, retail. And then, then you see uh, like 10 other pawn shops using the same slogan. So it's not just your, your brand name. What else should you as a business trademark? So you have the business name, you have the slogan, and then of course you have the logo. And so everybody says, well, what if my name is included in the logo? And so the answer to that is, you know, all big brands, Coca-Cola, Mercedes, Puma, Nike, everybody, they do registrations for everything. So if you were to look them up, they have 20 million trademark registrations for every single possible thing somebody could steal. Yeah. And, um, and so if you feel like, well, I'm not huge, I am not one of those big companies, like you, you, you have the wrong mentality then, because the mentality is not, I'm not big. The mentality is I want to protect what I've created. That is what you should always default to is do you want to protect what you've created? If you don't, then fine, forego it. But if you do, then it's not, am I a big company? It's do I want to protect what I've created? Yeah. And I think like also with the logo in Pawn, there's only so many different types of logos you can have in Pawn sometimes. And a lot of them look exactly the same within the same city. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to stand out, I believe you should trademark it. That way your competitor doesn't get it. You use it. Plus you're spending so much money on social media ads, advertising, television, right. that if there's a confusion, now you've lost money. Because Exactly. Of yeah. I mean, like I said before, a confusion is probably just the worst issue that you could have. And I tell every single, I mean, I have a YouTube video actually. Um, that I've created because this issue is so important and you can find it on YouTube. If you just search likelihood of confusion, uh, Marcella Dominguez, and it explains everything there is to know about this likelihood of confusion issue. And the way to avoid it is simply to talk to a lawyer about doing a search or, uh, you can do a search yourself, but I, I don't recommend it mostly because you don't understand how to analyze the results because it's not just based on what you see. It's also based on results that are actually not even in the database. Got it. Cool. So this has been incredible, Marcella. I think that if you're listening to this, you're a palm broker, you need to reach out to Marcella to get your trademark done. I know the fee is, it's not much. Like really for this type of investment, um, I know there's, there's probably a range if you want to give us a range, Marcella, of like what a trademark entails yeah 
so the fee the fee is usually somewhere between like 650 to like 1250 and then there's USPTO fees that are attached to that. So um, you're, you're talking about somewhere in the range of like on the high end $1500, right? You know, just to protect your brand. Really you're a pawnbroker, that's a ring out of your showcase. It's like it's an item in your inventory that you've been hoarding. Sell the merchandise and get your trademark done. Yeah. Right? That's exactly right. Awesome. Marcel, where can they find you to, to give you a call if they've made the decision, if they're smart enough to say, I want to trademark my, my brand? How can they reach out to you to make that happen? So you can find me at MarcellaTM.com and that's M-A-R-C-E-L-L-A-T-M.com. Um, or you can even look me up on, well, Google or YouTube, just type in my name. Yeah, and I'll, I'll put the link, I'll put the link uh, to the website in the show notes. But uh, Pond family, don't, don't wait on this. Give Marcella a call. Get that trademark done. We, we made the mistake of not searching when we first opened up, and it cost us way – I mean, think about it. We had to change our sign. We had to change our, um, our shirts. We had to change our forms. We had to change our mailer. I mean, we had to change everything because we didn't call an attorney to say, hey, should we use this name? How much did that cost you, by the way? Just the sign was thousands of dollars. Just the sign was like $4,000. Just the mm. sign itself. Forget yeah. like the paper, the shirts, the notices, the uh, fl flyers. Just the sign on the outside of the building was like 3000 bucks plus the permit, plus putting the damn sign up. <laughs> and yeah. you know, not to mention that you really can't put a price on how much you're confusing your own customers and clients. So when they show up at your location and it has a new, it has new signage, they're wondering if they're still at the same old shop. Yeah. You know, like why, why confuse your customers? You know, people go to the same places over and over, whether it's restaurants, doctors, lawyers, because they, it's consistency. They know what to expect and they get what they expect. Yep. And so do that for your business. Awesome, Marcella. This has been incredible. Once again, upon family, go to MarcellaTM.com. That will be in the show notes. Thanks again for being on, Marcella. I truly feel that this is something that a lot of pawnbrokers are not doing, and they need to give you a call to make this happen. So, Pawn family, if you're not in the Facebook group, go to Pawn Leaders Podcast community on Facebook. Go to MarcellaTM.com to reach out to Marcella, and uh, stay tuned for the next podcast.